Hey friends, you're listening to Go Home Bob or You're Drunk, an irreverent media podcast. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, and if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. everybody welcome to go home bible you're drunk the podcast where we troll the bible and get drunk about it as justin said before we started recording (laughs) i'm tori i'm a former evangelical slash culture warrior slash i'm really bad at being all of those things because i'm black and queer so yeah i decided to quit that unpaid job and make fun of it all instead and my name's Justin. I am a, a straight white man. And so you would have think you would think that evangelicalism would have fit me like a glove. It's just made for you, man. It was it was literally made for me. And I still just couldn't I just could not keep drinking that Kool-Aid. So now I, I now I'm on the internet uh making fun of it. Because you know, I think there's a time to say, you know, let's heal together. And there's a time to tear things down and laugh at them. And I think we do both, you know? I think so, too. But, but, you know, we're fine balance, I think. So I actually just got back from a fun experience of Theology Beer Camp, is mm. what it was called, which I feel like is a good thing. It's put on by Trip Fuller. It is more, I would say, I wouldn't say Christian-y. It's like we did worship music or anything. There was none of that. Uh, There was was wild karaoke and lots of beer. But uh, they bring in a lot of different theologians, typically like process theologians. So not like conservative folks. These are folks that are, you know, much more Mm -hmm. liberal, much more, you know, expansive, like Diana Butler Bass, Pete Enns, like a lot of people that, uh, you know, our listeners have said have been helpful. I mean, there were even like people that were, you know, agnostic, maybe leaning more atheist, just kind of talking about, you know, God and psychology of belief, even what is the evolutionary function or the social function of religion? And um, yeah, so like a lot of just good conversations over beer. Um, so if I would just I'm putting my the my stamp of approval, I guess, on if if you have an opportunity to go to one of these uh, in the future, I would I'll probably be there. And, you know, we can get drunk and maybe other things may or may not be other substances floating around and yeah just talk about you know crazy spiritual stuff so yeah that's what i did last weekend it was a good time this, this one was in chapel hill north carolina uh, i think they kind of travel around so if i was invited to go interviewed some cool folks on my other podcast rev covery we'll have some of those interviews if you're interested in checking those out awesome love it that sounds fun i love nerding out about that stuff yeah that was uh, there was a lot just a lot of nerdery about that yes. stuff yes no i love it it was just 
this reminded me of last time I was in Minneapolis. I was hanging out with Mason Meninga and this conversation started about like how life began. Right. And Mm -hmm. he's like all about process theology. And so then it's like, I don't know, the middle of the night and like a couple of us are just sitting around having this conversation about like the dandelion theory of how life got to earth. And yeah, it was great. I'm a nerd. So sounds like very much my shit. Not the beer. Yeah, Mason was the there. Yeah. yeah sh- we shared a room. I woke up next to Mason for three days oh, straight. I've done that too. Yeah. So it's a good time. It truly is. So yeah, that was just my little plug for that. And kind of what I did over the weekend. What did you do over the weekend, Tori? What did I do over the weekend? I mean, I like I went hiking with my kiddos. Which, you know, we I try to do that every weekend. This is like the last sunny weekend in the forecast, probably until like May. So like, gotta get, gotta get outside. And yeah, my kids are newly into Star Wars. So watched, watched Solo and ate pizza. So that was our pizza movie night situation. That's, that's a good pizza movie night. Yeah, no. My, now, yeah, my, my oldest was like real. Well, actually, they're both really into it. But my oldest is like, this might be my favorite one, mom. I was like, I'm fine with that. You're 10. No. You can rock with that for as long as you want to. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, um, had some, had some fun times with my kiddos and some like really good conversations. And <gasps> yeah, I don't know. I just love kids. <laughs> they are, they are, mine pretty, included. <laughs> they're pretty great for sure. Yeah, mine have started getting into Star Wars. Oh, well, so I got I got back from this theology beer camp and I was trying to explain it to my kids. You know, it's just, you yeah. know, like, what, what do you even explain? Yeah. And my one daughter was like, you know, dad, that's really nice. But you do know, like, I'm kind of more into paganism. <laughs> I was this like, well, this was amazing. I was like, this isn't like an expressly Christian thing. Like you like, you know, pagans were there. You know, there were witchy folks that were there. She's like, and she was like, yeah, but she's just like, that's not really my scene. <laughs> this is, yeah, she was like, dad, you know, this is cute that you enjoyed this, but this isn't really my scene, which I love that about kids, which is the, the honesty and just be like, yeah, I don't love this. Um, yeah, 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 it's like, great. I've got, I mean, I've, one of my kids loves Star Wars. The other one's like, no, like you can mm-hmm. watch that after I go to bed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. That's just that's how they shake out. It's kind of cool how how your kids have personalities if you don't beat them out of them. Yeah, it is. You know? um, it, it's easier to do than you think to, to, to just, not hit your kids. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> it is. It's it's. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I still get mad at them sometimes in ways that I'm not proud of but yeah if you just you know let them be people they turn into pretty rad people so uh but speaking of people that are, are maybe not rad people who are not doing a good job not doing a good small job people and and who i hope has no children um oh, i guarantee you they do <laughs> yeah you're probably right so there's been i don't i don't know where this person even came from i don't even know how to say their name it's just kind of like they appeared on the internet one day this is a Twitter person for the, I, for those listeners that are not on Twitter. I'm sure the assumption is that Justin and Tori get all of their information from Twitter. Um, <laughs> and that's maybe 90% correct, but 
you know, I kind of view the Twitter as the staging ground, like it gives mm-hmm. me the ideas for the ADHD research that I will do later. So I'll just, I'll just say their name or I'll try to say their name, Megan Bashram, Bashram. I don't know. Maybe Bashram is trying to make it too exotic. I don't know, but like kind of appeared out of nowhere. And it's not really, I want to talk about her necessarily, although she has a lot of hot takes. She has so many hot takes. And the only reason I'm where I'm highlighting this particular hot take as are this week in evangelicalism is because I noticed this hot take long before she said it. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think I tweeted you a screenshot of somebody that said almost the exact same thing like six months ago. That was a friend of mine that I've since unfriended that I'm sure loves Megan Ashram, Pro- Bashram, pro- probably, probably, probably so. but but Megan will never know them or care about them. Anyway, this was the tweet, and this has been a sentiment I've seen that are just I find so fascinating as someone that used you know to take the Bible seriously and also still is somewhat I said Christian in my ethics maybe, but like Christian mm-hmm. in my ethics in the sense that like Christian is in the tradition of Christian, not Christian as it's defined by evangelicals. Um, right. I, mean, yeah. I left yeah. because I was like y'all need jesus Um, (laughs) really uh, so anyway so this is what she said this was like this week or last week or whenever um it says love your neighbor has become a catch-all cudgel or cudgel for pushing any number of progressive policies in the church covid lockdowns mandates open borders environmental regulation what gets forgotten is that people suffer on the other side of the coin for every one of these issues so the sentiment being like, love your neighbor. We need to make sure we define our neighbors and that, you know, no one is, is quote unquote suffering, which is funny because when Jesus said, love your neighbor, the first thing the assholes asked him was, who's my neighbor? You know, <laughs> here we are. I'm going I'm to need you to expand on that, Jesus. I'm not quite sure who you're talking about. And then he shares the story of people that, didn't want to financially suffer on behalf of another person. Oh, um, and then a poorer minority that chose to suffer on behalf of someone else. This would be the parable of the good Samaritan for those of you that maybe aren't up on your references. And so it's just like, it just, it makes blood squirt out of my eyeballs to see stuff like this from the folks that are like, we take the Bible seriously uh, mm-hmm. when it's, it feels manifestly obvious to me that you do not. Well, there's many parts that they do take very seriously. Like all of the, all the verses that now have the word homosexual in them. They take Mm. those verses very seriously. That was added. Um, Even though that's a new addition. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it does seem very much like the explicit statements of jesus or like the ones that they're like eh, we'll think about it like maybe like context was different mm-hmm. my gosh what i used to say all the time like back when i was a conservative and i thought that i was so fucking witty was like when she's talking like just talking about like turn the other cheek and it's like turn the other cheek is not a foreign policy and i just thought i was so fucking smart oh yeah and like now I like now I realize that it's like it's not it's not even it's not even that like we're we're just like preemptively beating the shit out of everyone we can get our hands on. <laughs> yeah, it was proximate to anything that we want. Yeah, so doesn't apply. I but may, not the way that I thought. I may have one up to you on the cringe factor because one time in college, 
what escaped my mouth was something to the effect of sometimes loving your enemy is killing them quickly. <laughs> oh, well, hmm. See, then, like, I have to be honest. In terms of, like, people I consider my enemies, I really want all of them to have, like, a two-bedroom, one-bath, like, 800-square-foot apartment a couple blocks from their job at 7-Eleven, and they mm-hmm. can walk to their job, and they can walk back, and they get paid minimum wage, and they get to do that for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I'm, I'm, my, my enemies... <laughs> Yeah, my enemies, enemies of the people like Elon Musk, yeah. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Those are I want that's what them. I'm thinking of. I want this for them. I do truly like this. This just seems fair, right? Yeah. Like speaking of people suffering on the other side of the coin, Megan. Yeah. Um. So, so we've said some problematic things in in the in the name of like trying to wedge the Bible into the like conservative Republican viewpoint, mm-hmm. like. It, you know that oh well war is good it's so, capitalism so like, we, capitalism is god number one yeah capitalism is god number one and war is good so but jesus said love your enemies so how do i redefine love and how do i redefine enemy to fit into mm-hmm. the capitalist worldview and you know like loving your neighbor like how do i redefine my neighbor and loving my neighbor to such a degree that it does not cost me capital to do so Oh, shit. How can I get the greatest return on my investment for loving my neighbor? And if there's a net loss, then <laughs> then certainly that's not what the Bible is talking about. Well, and also it's a reason to get mad at my neighbor, not to get mad at God. Yeah. yeah. It's their fault. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's also like, why would like a COVID lockdown was never supposed to be a progressive policy. It's just supposed to be health policy. Same with like but a mask can't mandate. can't tell the difference. Yeah. You know, that that's like environmental regulation. I'll give you, I'll give you open borders, non-existent. That's not a progressive policy necessarily. <laughs> like, like I, I don't, very few people do I see advocating for just like no border at all. And the people that you do see advocating for that is like an ideological ideal. None of them have any interest in being involved in American politics. Yeah, that's true. I, I suppose <laughs> the Venn diagram of people that like want open borders and actually care to vote for them is not a circle. Mm-hmm. They don't touch. It's more of an ideological framework. So, I mean, I, I want ethical treatment of people that come into this country, however they come into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, I, it's just all these like scare words and buzzwords. And again, it's like, mm-hmm. how is you're viewing a, a, a commandment from the scripture you say you love mm-hmm. and, and she's a, she's a Claremont fellow. So apparently that means she loves America and, and the Bible. <laughs> so, but it's like, yeah. It, and, the, and I've seen that sentiment. I saw it on Facebook a bunch. It's, it's one of the few, honestly, it's one of the few like immediate unfriends I have. Hmm. Like, we're like, more. you start redefining love your neighbor and like start being mad that you have to wear a mask. To me, that's like immediate un- unfriend hmm, at this point. Okay. Like, yeah, actually, this particular person was like, you know, waxing poetic about their faith and how important their faith was to them. You know, but Jesus, you know, my neighbor is my immediate family is, is that, what they said. That, um... Yeah. Mm-mm. my immediate no, nuclear could... family is my neighbor no uh, because people lived with their extended families back then 
because everybody was poor. They were all dirt farmers. Essentially, <laughs> if you are not of this person's blood, you are not their neighbor. I guess that's literally that's literally not what neighbor means. But whatever, they don't care yeah, about. The I know of words. they don't. They don't care about what words mean. They care. They care about the feelings that those words evoke. Oh, like, once again, we are back in hundred percent vibes territory. Like, yes. cannot leave. <laughs> no, Duct this tape is and me- vibes. <laughs> That's yes. all it is. No, this is making me think about like like putting a spin on something Jesus did say. Like you can't love both God and money. It's like you can't love both your neighbor and capital. Like you have yes. to choose. Yes. You have to choose. Because like you're going to hate one and love the other. Mm-hmm. Like it's literally exactly what Jesus said. And this is this is how they behave, right? Like everyone in this like Fox News sort of segment of the internet you know, people that I'm related to included, obviously, they are all kind of invested in this idea that like they cannot conceptualize their Christianity minus capitalism. Yeah. Like that doesn't work for them. Yeah. We actually, someone, I I forget who it was. I'm just, it was one of the scholars that was at the theology beer camp. So Mm. I can't remember who it was. I'm just making sure it's not attributed to me, but so that American Christians have a better imagination mm-hmm. for the end of the world than they do the end of capitalism. Yeah. Like they can imagine the end of the world crystal clearly and like, and, and steps on how to do it. But if you were to talk to them about the end of capitalism, it is like, they cannot even conceive. Nothing, nothing exists. No, there's just, there's nothing to imagine there. Yeah. I, I mean, I know, I know I said this last week, but I'm very, I am very entertained by the fact that they're just like all right here we go we're just gonna shut this shit down like everything is everything's going offline we're just we're just clicking through all these things that we decided are to be taken literally from the book of revelation which what the actual fuck does that mean but i have to ask like what is the point what is what is the point of of love your neighbor right like because jesus i'm sorry like to be fair jesus does not give a flying fuck about progressive policies like stop that's not real right like you were just that that seems like a straw man argument to me (laughs) you're putting jesus in between like progressive policies and whatever else also i I, I tend to not like anyone that says jesus would be for xyz policy jesus does not care no if you were to transport jesus here like first off he would be screaming in aramaic like wondering what the fuck is going on, getting arrested, <laughs> yeah. being thrown on the ground and tased. Yes. After that happens, if he managed to speak this language, he would not care. Like I understand saying like the Christian tradition or the teachings of Jesus inspire me to X Y Z blah 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 blah. I just don't totally. like. I don't like being like Jesus told me to vote whatever. Like no, mm-hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't mm-hmm. give a fuck. He didn't give a fuck then. He doesn't give a fuck now. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. What it was his policy. Yes, exactly. And I will fucking die on the hill that like the gospel, as Jesus said, is good news for the poor. Mm-hmm. And with all due respect, as somebody whose ancestors uh, were less than poor, <laughs> you don't get to tell them what good news is. Like you don't get to tell an enslaved person that good news is someday you get to go to heaven. Get fucked. That's and you don't not get to redefine news. poor as like someone who doesn't have Jesus is poor in spirit. 
right like, oh my god like, they just no. manipulate this so hard and manipulate every single part of it and it's just like using pitting jesus against progressive policy because you don't have an argument is actually really weak mm-hmm. yeah and there's nothing wrong with being weak weak people deserve love and care and affection in this particular case don't deserve to make any policy yeah. about anything they don't deserve <laughs> you authority. have no argument yeah and well actually because you mentioned that it's it's funny because it becomes it feels like everything is a zero-sum game so everything. like oh you say my ideas aren't good well that just means you want me to die and no like i <laughs> i do care about you like i care about you as a person like i i want you to be fed i want you to have health care i want you to have access you know even if you are my enemy so to speak I just don't want your ideas to govern our life like that's that they can govern your life. Yeah, you can be fine. You can be an individual living in a government housing project (laughs) like like, do that. Uh, A well-funded government housing project like that's Yeah. yeah, I like when we say housing government housing project like in the United States, it conjures up these like brutalist architecture buildings that are were shitty the day they were put together but there are you look at project housing in you know in some places in europe and in germany and it's like these are very nice communities that have been built for people and there is not shame necessarily associated with needing to live there well Um, they were built to last yeah like they weren't built to be for like one generation which takes that takes some some investment frankly Like it's not like money whoever like who can get the job done for cheapest that's who's getting the government contract right low yeah. lowest and worst that's, that's the bid yeah, that that's, wins that's the goal yeah it's, it's, it's just, yeah it's astounding i i'm i just i can't like it to me it's really rich to like condemn people who are like who are trying to come into the country right like this is clearly what she means by open borders when our entire foreign policy which, to the extent of my knowledge, you do not you do not condemn really in any way, shape, or form. If anything, you want Biden to be bombing more children, but whatever. Our foreign policy is to meddle, <laughs> is to leave people with no options, right? Because like their stuff belongs to us. America isn't on top because we have the best ideas. I just need to say that, and and Christianity isn't on top because it has the best ideas. Oof. Uh, guns, germs, and steel, my good lady. Yes. <laughs> like, like that's, I mean, there's some problematic scholarship in that book, but like the general premise I can get behind. Totally. Yeah. You know, I it, agree. It, it's not, you know, any tribe of people of any faith given readily at ready access to a good immune system and yes. shitloads of steel could probably yeah. conquer the world. It's just whoever gets that shit first, mainly. But yeah, I it, it just it it's it's a frustrating thing, and I I I feel like that sentiment is going to continue to grow as Christians. Um, I shouldn't say Christians as Republicanized as evangelical Christians continue to really just shed their faith for political power, and it's becoming more and more open. Like I. But it is it is it is interesting, and and the sad thing is is I think it, maybe it used to like there was enough common ground to be like hey like I'm going to use the book this the Bible to call you right. out on this right. and say like hey I 
but they have become so adept at completely redefining the terms. Mm-hmm. Like, That's hey, always been the case. Love your neighbor. Like, life. Well, who is my neighbor? Like, oh, interestingly enough, Jesus does speak directly to that in the next sentence. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Like that's, you know, that, that was charitable it's giving. Pers- it's, it's the person from the country next door who uh, happens to be on the side of your road needing some help. Yeah, that's 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 the neighbor in question. Right, not, right. not your extended family. However, you redefine that, not, you know, the people that give you the most return for the value of your dollar. There's no there's no critical examination. And this is just what makes me absolutely bad, batty is that there's no critical examination of like, why do I believe this? Right. There's no critical examination of like, why is it that I cannot imagine my faith minus capitalism? Right. Because you're talking about like the you were talking about how they have this creative imagination for the end of the world. And then if you say the end of capitalism, they're just like, well, that is that means nothing. <laughs> right. Like that is the world has ended. And I mean, something it's, 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 it's fascinating to me that it's Jesus's words somehow become like this blank check for our really egregious foreign policy, which is. I would argue at this point, like the more I learn, the more I think it's made up primarily of human rights abuses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can at me if you're mad about that and I'll give you some receipts, but <laughs> it's just, it's really, it's really astounding because, because they feel entitled, right? Like God gave us this country. That's, that's why we won. Right. Cause they weren't using it and now we're going to use it right i mean it is i think that like talking about that idea of like guns germs and steel and also like the delusion to think that god is co-signing any amount of violence Mm -hmm. that you do to any number of people just because you want to get lithium out of the ground right like just because you want rubber it's cool to slaughter 10 million congolese people yeah elon musk the greatest greatest mind of our time needs lithium (laughs) For his cars that are going to save the world right you know? and it's wrong and it's wrong for mexico to try to like nationalize that shit because like we have a right to it because you signed a treaty like we get to bully you into giving us your stuff because otherwise from your we, land for you from your land for us because otherwise we're gonna fucking hate you like we're gonna cuba you like that is what we're going to do and we're gonna absolutely destroy you and i, I just it's like this entitlement right of like I get to bomb whoever I want. I get to take whatever I want. Like nobody can tell me different. I am, I'm, I am the law. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like some dread, dread bullshit. No, it yeah. is. It's, yeah. it's like, I am, I, I decide what morality is and yes. it's, it's just, it's so it's, it's really discouraging, but also I feel like it's not, it's a weak argument. Like I was saying. Yeah. And there becomes a, a this is why it broke apart for us because we, yeah. Truly, we are interested people and we read. And I think most of our listeners like are interested people that mm-hmm. that did a Google search, a single <laughs> Google search. And it starts uh-huh. to fall apart. Um, yeah. And that's and, and again, that's why you see so much fear and like, yeah, the fear mongering scare quote quotes stuff about like, mm-hmm. you know, love your neighbor being a cudgel. They're going to beat you like you good christian person they're gonna beat you over the head with love your neighbor well i'm here to tell you that's just progressive nonsense give them your shirt as well i recall someone saying yeah (laughs) (laughs) strip naked and give them your shirt as well 
I yeah. Oh my gosh. And uh, to me, I'm like, if they were, if they were all in on like the words of Jesus in terms of like, hey, you know, let's actually try to make this our policy, like our domestic and foreign policy of like we're loving our neighbors and we are sharing our things. Like you and I would still be fucking in. Yeah. We would be all about that shit. Yeah. If you wanted to practice, if you were fighting for your right to practice your faith in public and wanted like better prison systems because your faith demanded. So like when I say better prison systems, I mean like humane and not many of them. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Like I'd be all about that. Like, that's the thing. Like you want to practice your Christian faith in public. I'll, I'll let the whole church and state thing slide. If you actually follow (laughs) the teachings of Jesus. Yes. Oh my God. Right. Because the teachings of Jesus are not coercive. They are not manipulative. They're he's not forcing anything on anybody except for people with power and he's not forcing anything on them per se. He's just holding up a fucking mirror being like, look at your goddamn self. Yes. Like there's a case to be made that the crucifixion itself is a giant mirror, mm-hmm. middle finger to power. You see what power does? It kills God. Yeah. Let's just sit with that for a second and then ponder like, yeah, evangelicals. Like, I mean, Nietzsche was right. Like. God is dead and we killed him. So we're going to sit with that bomb. Yes, we are beautiful. And we're going to pivot to some capitalism here because this is the empire we live in and we got to get with Caesars. Yeah. Yeah. Got to pay the bills, (laughs) you know, like (laughs) somehow. Yeah. uh, Sorry. One last point that that is another thing too. like do it. Like there is idealistic. Justin lived a long time ago and he's now dead. But there is a hopeful pragmatist, Justin, that like goes like, yeah, like we live in a capitalist system. I don't like that. I would love to see the end of that. But I also have to have an imagination to work within that system if I want Mm -hmm. to get anything done, which sucks. And there's going to be compromises there. But I, I. The whole that's, like that's its that's own just, episode. That, but frankly. that's but that's life, you know. Like, it that's, is absolutely that's that's life. That's relationships. That's you know community. If we could even wait, if we don't even destroy capitalism, if we just wake up to the fact that we are in capitalism and other things are possible, like yeah, con- that would be conceptually huge. possible. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a massive step in the right direction that maybe our kids and grandkids would enjoy. Oh, you mean you mean not being broiled to death? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they would be into that. They'd be into that. So let us break for some capitalism as mm. it is the current necessity. It's our only sacrament on this yeah, show. Truly. <laughs> we, we, we sadly passed the plate. <laughs> if you will. All right, friends, we will be back in a moment. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.
Hey, everybody. Thank you for taking that little break with us. We have a couple things to get to before we talk about the witch of Endor for our spooktacular Halloween episode. <laughs> uh, we have we have a couple of new patrons that we are very excited about. So yay for our patrons. Yay. We have a couple of new deacons in this grand church that we are building on the internet together. I've, I remember early episodes were like, we're not a church. We just make fun of one. And now we're just owning it. We're just going to own yeah. that. This is, this is who we are. English is brilliant, but there, it has severe limitations at the same time. Yes. So a couple of new deacons. That would be Amayetta, uh, Peggy, and Karen. Thank you so much for your contribution and being a part of the Go Home Bible, Your Drunk community. All of our patrons from the lowest tier to the top tier have access to our Discord server where we talk about episodes, we talk about this, that, and the other. We share you know, pictures of our pets and the cool stuff we're reading. So, And the more people we have, the better it gets. So it's um, been a lot of fun. So you can join that at any tier. We do have one youth, new youth pastor this week, and that hey. is, that is uh, Dr. Kate. So thank you so much for being a doctor in this crazy world right now. So appreciate that. And also appreciate your, your sponsorship, sponsorship, why did I say sponsorship, your patronage, support. support. I can't talk tonight. Uh, so you get a life first, Dr. Kate. So we're going to turn to the Holy Writ together. And this is going to be your verse uh, for, for as, I guess, as long as you want, but you know, uh, it is for eternity. Um, <laughs> but also. But also, did you read the fine print? Yes, the fine print and the Holy Spirit will guide me to the verse that is yours. Okay, well, never mind. This is a junk page about the day in the life of Near Eastern farmers. Fascinating, but not the Bible. Fascinating, but this is, that's not the Holy Writ. So we're going to do that again. The Holy Spirit made a rare mistake. Uh, okay, here we are. <clears throat> this is this is the book of Job. Oh, boy. Let's do it. Brace yourself. <laughs> Chapter 24, verse 13. There are those who rebel against the light, who do not know its ways or stay in its paths. So not wrong. Not wrong. I would say that is a true statement. <laughs> yeah. Now that's that's actually kind of deep. Yeah. Some people say that there are those. So thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, so that is your verse forever the word of God for the people of God, I guess. I don't know. Um, and again, uh, anyone can join up. If for some reason you cannot do that, uh, completely understand inflation, the recession, pandemic, da, 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 totally get it. If you're listening and you enjoy this podcast, we would love for you to share this with a friend, uh, to send it to them, slip it to them anonymously, share it with a stranger. I don't care. Do it. Yeah, just airdrop it to whoever's around you at the airport <laughs> or the subway station. Yeah. <laughs> and I give us a five-star review wherever you get your things. That actually really helps us as far as visibility goes. The more five-star reviews we have, the better. If you can take time to actually type up a review that's like, these guys are great, five stars. That would be really helpful for us. And that honestly, that's that's like money. So, so uh -huh. it's, you know, that's, that's something, if you could do that for us, that'd be really helpful because it helps us out. And so, uh, I think for a drinking game today, Tori, did you have any ideas for a drinking game today as we dive into the words of Samuel or not the words of Samuel, the words written about Samuel? Samuel's dead. Samuel's dead. Yeah. This thing. It's but he first... wrote it. He wrote it first. He wrote it and then he died. 
yeah, it's it's first Samuel and he's already dead. Um, <laughs> so minor, minor plot hole. Yeah, no, I think that anytime that in this story, the Bible seems to just kind of be like co-signing or being tacitly okay with witchcraft is a good time to drink. More There's a, a lot of witchcraft in the Bible. There is. This is like a celebratory drinking game. Yeah. Why not? The more, the more drunk you get, the more in support of witchcraft the Bible is. <laughs> Those two things are inversely correlated. Yes, very much so. So happy Halloween or Samhain to you. So the story uh, is nuts, though. Like I thought that since I was a kid. Yeah, the story is nuts. And then now reading it with fresher eyes, it's kind of a little more nuts, but in a way <laughs> that I enjoy. So let's get into it. I guess I'll walk us through and then you stop us, Tori, if we want. I'm into it. So this is first Samuel 28. And, you know, David's already been anointed, you know, like Samuel's kind of like the big prophet guy. He's like anointed Saul to be king because they kind of like low key made him do that because Saul was tall and they're like, he was a tall dude. We need a king. And so who's the tallest one? We're going to do it. Royal Bumble match. And then on the DL, Samuel anointed this other dude, the short dude named David. (laughs) And that's how I imagine David. And so this is kind of like in that time where David's kind of on the run, kind of not. Saul's doing his kingly thing. But this is like near the end of Saul's time. So this kind of starts off with a weird like David. You can't get rid of David in first Samuel. Like even when he's not really appearing in the narrative, he just kind of like pops up and like it's like a what's David up to. So we're going to just skip that part because I don't give a fuck. But verse three. So Samuel had died. And so he's, you know, buried in this town of Raman, you know, whatever. But in the meantime, Saul. So this is kind of setting it up. Saul has removed the mediums and the magicians from the land. And I so I was reading this and a couple things, a couple things struck me. I am like, first off that and this is I'm going to be a little serious, not even jokey, like that whole like from the land line, mm-hmm. like. I don't know. Just I got very indigenous vibes to me, like because the in the narrative, these are invaded, invading, they're invading this land. They are imposing their beliefs on these people. And it's it's a foreign belief. It's not right. So it's just like like we are removing all of these indigenous practices from this area as much as we can to make way for our God, our vision of what God is. You um, just fucking like, broke my brain in terms of how that relates to the U.S. And like, yes. I'm trying to imagine like if we got if it was like we have to purge everything from like Native American history, culture from the country in order to serve God. Like, imagine how hard that would be. You would get the U.S. <laughs> like, I mean, that's no, but I'm saying like yeah. right now, if it was yeah. like because Saul's just like shows up one day, he's like, I'm getting rid of all the magicians. <laughs> Yeah, um, all the and, like, yeah, I'm just going to okay. get rid of them. And and mediums here, actually, the word is not mediums as in like a person. It's like more of the like the ritual, like they would dig these like holes in the ground, these like ritual kind of cauldrons, really. Like, that's what they're saying. They get rid of all these like little ritual sites or these like places where this ritual kind of worship or these summoning of these spirits would happen. So like the the places and the people we were kicking them off the land or killing them or whatever. So, I mean, that I, I just, I get those vibes that, you know, let's just, let's take that for what it is. This feels very 
colonizery. So they, they did a colonization. So, but they didn't do it good enough. No, per no, God, per God. So the Philistines, you know, they're mucking about, they're doing their thing. They're going to go fight them. And Saul's kind of terrified and he inquires of the Lord, but the Lord doesn't answer him, you know, which we've all been there, Saul. (laughs) Every single person listening to this show can relate. And so not by dreams, not by Urim or Urim and Thummim, which put a pin in that. Mm hmm. Not by prophets. So, so like, you know, Saul's ringing, doing a, pulling all the witchcraft bells to get God to pay attention to him. And it's not, it's not happening. Oh man. Oh man. And so he instructed the servants, find me a woman. Oh my God. It's just like, it's like we did a colonization and now we're doing a misogyny here. <laughs> like find me a woman. Uh, find me a woman who's a medium or basically someone who who still has one of these ritual sites and can mm. operate it. You know, the, the, okay. the telephone line to the gods that I destroyed. We need that. Back I need now. that now. I now need that. This is like, this is the thing that I just I get stuck on so hard is it's like he kicked all of these people out. But then the minute he needs that, he's like, oh, but it's OK for me, mm-hmm. which is so. So like the culture of evangelical churches, frankly, mm-hmm. right? It's absolutely the culture of evangelical politics. It's like, I will get rid of all of this shit. You can't have it. But like the minute I need it, yeah. I get to access it. I like I, I my brain cannot keep up with the examples of what you just said. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. It's like a little know, Rolodex right? in my brain. <laughs> Uh huh. There's so many examples of it. Like this is this is like there's examples of it in church. There's examples of it in politics. Like if you're someone with power, abortions. Truly, yeah. If you were someone with power, you get to do what you want. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you have like purged the land of evil Mm -hmm. in order to honor God. Like. You still get to do the evil thing because God put you in charge. Cool. Yep. So that's what Saul's getting ready to do. So convenient. Yeah. That and, morality. Yeah. And before we go on, like the the Urim and Thummim, no, I don't know that anyone actually knows what they were exactly. I ran across an article that basically was like the people that wrote this story down might not have even known what they were. I think if I recall correctly from my reading, they were like two two little like brown rocks that joseph smith kept in a hat that's that joseph smith did claim to have urim and thummim yes (laughs) i'm just saying they're loosely described they're loosely described but like as like these stones that are part of the ephod which is like a priestly garb but it's not and and there might be a jewish scholar listening that totally i could be wrong but and everything i've looked at it's not clear if there was like a method of divination that these were used in. Like, is the Urim and Thummim like a method or is it a device or is it kind of both? There is like a method of, and we kind of touched on this a little bit in our episode about Aiken, like a dividing, like, right. so they would like divide groups, like who's the center. That's a fun game to play on the playground. Who's the center? So they divide two groups of people. Is the center in group A or group B? Okay, group B. Okay, so divide group B into two. Like, and so like a way of divining 
you know, and Urim and Thummim, I think were loosely used in that, but we don't know in what way. Anyway, it's sorcery. It's magic. It's witchcraft. It is. It's literally like, witchcraft. Like, <laughs> which even, I'm fine with. I'm just saying. Yeah, I think there was a someone on TikTok. It might have been. It was one of the people on witch talk or folklore TikTok, whatever. Okay. Uh, that was basically like Christianity is state sanctioned witchcraft. Like, yes, that's yes, that's what this is. That's another podcast, but just you know, yes. we, we got those witchy vibes going on today. We're gonna we're just gonna lean into them. So Saul, because like witches and mediums and stuff were illegal uh, per him, he disguised himself and went off accompanied by two of his men to go find him a witch. And, you know, he, he meets her in the night and says, Hey, you know, can you use your ritual pit to conjure up someone for me? I need you to phone, phone somebody for me. Mm -hmm. Rightfully. So the woman's like, Hey, you do realize what the King has done here that, you know, I could, I could die. Um, this is very has very much of that feeling of like when a cop comes up to you and is like, "Hey, you hold him." Are you a cop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you a cop? Hey, you holding? Like, no. Are, um, You're are legally you... required to tell me. Yeah. Are you the king? <laughs> yeah, and then you know, and then he's like, "As surely as the Lord, you know, using the term Yahweh lives, you will not incur any guilt in this matter." Like, you know, you trust me. This we're gonna do this on the DL here, and then yeah, it's she's the like, power dynamic there is fucked in my opinion yeah she doesn't know it's the king yet right um, but, but he 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 knew exactly what he was doing yeah oh yeah because he was like if i need to get rid of somebody because of this if i need someone to blame it's gonna be some bitch i'm not going yeah. to a dude yeah and i'll, I'll kill her and right. that then and i will be the, doing not. the right thing because yeah. illegally i didn't do anything wrong she tried she tried to force it on me. She tried to force the spirit of Samuel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't I know how I got here. <laughs> There's really nothing new under the sun. Like, truly. Just, yeah, truly. That's that's, that's one th I, I, that in some ways, the Bible still fascinates me because of that. Like mm -hmm. when I can start reading it with more critical eyes and realizing like we're not much different. Like, and that's I yeah. because the Bible typically depicts the actions of people, not necessarily like the actions of gods. Like, whereas you know other other mythologies are more concerned like, hey, what are the gods doing? Which I think is interesting. You know, like mm. I love Norse mythology and stuff like that. Whereas biblical mythology tends to be more like, what are the people doing in relation in response to God? And that that's where I'm like, yeah, like pe people are people. Like as tall assholes in power are the same. They're the same Chad, you know, all the way down. So, so he's like, Hey, I need you to phone up Samuel. Like, which is interesting. Like phone up this prophet of God who inspired the King to basically try to put you out of business. But she, you know, she agrees. Okay, fine. So she conjures up Samuel uh, from the grave, which again, nowhere in the text so far is like the Bible hinting at like, this not being 100% real. The real Samuel. Yes, the real it Samuel. Say, it doesn't say some spirit. Like it no. literally names him by yeah. his name. So she saw Samuel. She cried out loudly. She realized it's the king. She's like, you deceived me. You're Saul. The king says, hey, whoa, like it's we're cool. You know, tell me like, and it's interesting. She says, you know, she says, I see a divine being coming up from the ground. But that that word divine being is Elohim. Yeah. Which doesn't that mean many gods? Yeah, it's a plural word. <laughs> I feel so weird about the whole like our God is one God song situation now because it's like we use this term all the time and it literally means more than one. What is that about? Yeah. 
So it she's was seeing. A pre, it was a pre-Jesus Trinity. That's what it was. Yeah. So these that. divine beings, which I imagine, if you operate a ritual site and you pop the cork on that, there's going to be like maybe a lot of people waiting on the other side. I don't know how this works, but <laughs> you know, Samuel decides to come up, and they know he's Samuel because he's an old man wrapped in a robe. I, okay. Wow. But, Somebody know. had really good vision. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, but Saul can't see this. Only she can see it. I think right. Which is wild. Yeah. I remember being told as a kid that, you know, that she was like a trickster, that she was not, not, she wasn't a real witch. She wasn't a real witch. What? But I, so I kind of dug into that today because there's no, that that's not indicated in the Hebrew text at all. Not at all. So I was looking around and it actually, that comes from the Septuagint. So the Septuagint is the Greek, uh, the, the more ancient Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible done. And I think it was done in Alexandria. I forget what year it was. But when it was done, there was kind of a pro- this. All right. Nerd alert. Love it. You, you don't like nerdage. Just fast forward 30 seconds or so. So like there was a lot going on regarding trying to make Hebrew culture, Hebrew, the Hebrew faith more palatable to the Greeks. Philo of Alexandria is like a huge one in this one. There's a lot of the stuff he did, like trying to just make it more favorable to the Greco-Roman mind. So, oh, you're saying that they manipulated the scriptures to make things work out better for them politically is I'm sorry. Did you just say that? So in the Septuagint, it is translated that she's like a ventriloquist, like that she is (laughs) like a little bit like a puppeteer, (laughs) you know? Um, like how she's, like a, she's, she's, got, like a, she's got her hand up Saul's ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, so but I that's where that comes from. Like, is it, so she's undermined in the Septuagint. Um, but that's 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 not it's different. It, that's not what's happening here. Right. Yeah. Like that's a political. What's well, a politicized retelling? Yeah. Uh, that's a way to make it like this is more rational. This is more reasonable. This is you know something. This isn't like. Weird, weird folk tales like this is a legit yeah, serious the thing. Greeks were very invested in being rational so yeah to me that makes some sense and it really is unfortunate for the Hebrew faith that Christianity just came along and did it so much better later on cannibalized cannibalized <laughs> basically cribbed on all their work all their you know centuries and generations of work trying to make the Hebrew faith a little more palatable to the Greeks and Romans and then just kind of took over cribbed all that work and yeah, sweet. You just blame Paul. You know, this reminds me of that of that kid that that um, Mark Zuckerberg always like cheated off of in college. <laughs> but it probably feels like that. Yeah, a little like that. <laughs> or the Steve Wozniak, you know. Like, <laughs> so, so that's kind of what's going on here, and that's where that's where that kind of comes from. That she's she's not really. She's a shyster. She's a trickster. She's, you know, just like a fake medium. But I love the fact that like Samuel or sorry, Saul can't see Samuel. Like she's got her head in this bowl and she's Mm -hmm. saying these things and he's just like straight up going along with it. I think that's fucking incredible. Yeah. I mean, she could have been a liar and just like hustling him, which I'm like, hey, you got to pay bills. But the scripture does not seem to is very much invested in this being real so the old man's coming up and then samuel's like not happy about being called up he's like why have you disturbed me literally me yeah 
I'm like, I was napping. What are you doing? All the people you could have called. And also, it's not for anything fun. It's for fucking work. (laughs) Like when you leave your job, and then like two days later, your boss is texting you like, "Hey, where are the? What's the password for whatever?" It's like, I do not work for you anymore. No, I do not. Leave me alone. Yeah, hire someone else to do that for you. I peaced out so I wouldn't have to deal with this. Literally, I retired. Get the fuck out of my face. So, you know, and then and Saul's like, hey, I'm I'm terribly troubled here. I've tried. I've tried everything. God's not talking to me. I, I need you to do it. Tell me what I should do. Which it's again like, Saul, buddy, that's just part of growing up, man. <laughs> Gotta make your own decisions. I know it's hard. But trust me. I know it's hard. But and then Sam was like, why are you asking me now that the Lord has turned away from you and has become your enemy? The Lord has done exactly as I prophesied. The Lord has torn the kingdom from your hand and has given it to your neighbor, David. I see neighbor. That's why you don't trust your neighbors, because the oh, Lord may go. have anointed them to overthrow you. <laughs> uh, since you did not obey the see, And, and here's mm-hmm. this is important here. This is verse 18. Yeah. Since you did not obey the Lord and did not carry out his fierce anger against the Amalekites, the Lord has done this thing to you today. So the text is very clear. Like the Philistines are killing you because you did not do a genocide, which is earlier in the book. So the Lord will hand you and Israel over to the you and Israel. So like all your nation, all your bullshit is going to be taken over because you didn't do a genocide tomorrow. Your son, you and your sons will be dead and Israel, you know, Basically, like, peace out. I'm going to see you soon. I'll see you and your sons tomorrow. Bye. And he's gone. Yeah. Harsh. Even for a prophet, that's harsh. Yeah. Which if I was a pro- if, I don't know, anybody, I, it's hard to wake me up from sleep. I yeah. imagine if you woke me up from death. From dead? I would be. <laughs> I'd be nonplussed. Oh, my gosh. And it's like, I love that Samuel's like, I literally already told you this. Like, I literally already said these words to you. Why are you messing with me? Which is that that see, that's really fucking funny in terms of like the witch being legit. She's like repeating stuff that Samuel said. Yeah. To Saul. She wasn't fucking there Mm-mm. when Samuel was saying the stuff. So like, it, I don't know. The whole story is so fascinating. It like broke my brain as a little kid because it was like, witches aren't real. Or they're bad. I guess we actually, it was, it was the eighties. It was a satanic panic. We absolutely believe which witches were real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely was taught more of the, like, she was a, she was, or I, I, I do remember I think one, maybe one Sunday school teacher or it's funny that I'm like, it was a Sunday school teacher or a religion professor. One of the two. <laughs> one of the two. Same thing. Said that she was a charlatan, but acts, but, but, Samuel did come back this time and surprised her just as much as anybody else. Huh, but again, really like that's not in the text. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But I do think that like, and I know that we've talked about this before in terms of like the way for us to view this stuff it through a lens that's not anti-Semitic. Like the lens that we were taught was like very clearly anti-Semitic, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we've talked a lot about the way that like these stories are kind of used to like when people are in in captivity or get sent off to whatever babylon or syria or whoever's whoever's taken over the reins for this for this century having like having a reason of like oh we failed to do this thing completely that 
that the Lord told us to do. And that's why we're suffering. Like to me as like a political narrative, when you're in captivity, like that makes perfect fucking sense. So I don't know precisely when first Samuel was written. Obviously, as we said, wasn't written by Samuel because he was sleeping. But to me, that makes a lot of sense of like, oh, we didn't, we didn't fully completely obey the Lord. Right. Not like, Oh, I'm giving I'm giving somebody a pass for genocide. Like I don't I don't personally I don't believe most of the, any of this should happen, right? Like there's a handful of characters that it's very clear that like those people existed from like the archaeological record or whatever, but like not a lot. But yeah, I think that this idea of like we weren't we weren't we weren't following like the Lord's instructions to a T, and so he's punishing us. Yeah, and it's actually interesting in Chronicles, which is which like those themes of like we done messed up and that's why God's right. not with us are uh-huh. ranked up to 11. It says that Saul was killed in battle because he consulted a medium, which is in contrast <laughs> to this where the medium says that you're going to get killed tomorrow because you didn't do this other thing. So, yeah, it's very much like people looking back and right. like, honestly placing blame on previous historical figures or using trying to make sense of it yeah using those stories as a way to illustrate this is how we failed like we we walked away or we didn't do what was required of us and yeah to your point as that kind of narrative like yeah i mean the bible is great like as as a way to tell that story but when we look at it as like we need to emulate this oh god wasn't happy that they didn't do a genocide well we better genocide super hard like Mm -hmm. Like that, that's where it gets super problematic. Yeah, yeah. But I'm really fascinated, like, I'm really fascinated by this usage, like, kind of thinking back about, like, American history and, like, chattel slavery and the ways that, like, Christianity was used among enslaved people, Mm -hmm. right? And, like, that being the only thing you had access to, like, you're going to, like, kind of put your own narratives in there you're going to use that to try to make sense of like what the fuck just happened why are we all here right and so in terms in terms of like its usefulness or like applicability if you are part of a group of people who like you don't have answers for injustice you don't have answers for why like why all of your rights and like autonomy were taken away it makes sense that like religion would be a thing of like, oh, this is what went wrong, right? Like this yeah. tells us what went wrong and we are going to now do right. And at some point, like God will come through, deliver us, right? Yeah, and that's where it's where you get a lot of these, you know, kind of amalgamations of Christianity and, yeah. you know, African folk religion, you know, like in Santeria and Hoodoo and things like that. Like um, these like, we're going to take on as much as we can and kind of, and I, I've often wondered that too. And we've talked about it before. Like, like why, why are people of color still very prominently Christian mm-hmm. in the United States? And I think it's, it, it speaks to the flexibility, honestly, of these words that it can be used for immense harm, but also immense liberation in the right hands. Absolutely. So Saul's not happy now. He has a sad gonna not sleep tonight just got told by my uh my old mentor that i'm gonna die yeah tomorrow and i'm not getting much sleep yeah he's like i'm not he's drained of energy because he's not eating anything 
This, mm. this guy's an ADHD candidate I right can, here. I can, I can, I like, can relate. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've tried Actually, everything. That, I've researched that makes everything. A lot of sense, though. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense because when you're really, when at least for me, when I'm like, when I haven't eaten and I have to do, I have to figure something out right mm-hmm. now. All of a sudden, I cannot remember any of my options. No. Right. It's like, oh, it's the weekend. I should go and like. I should text one of my friends and like get our kids together. And then I'm like, I don't have any, I don't have any friends. Like who, is there anybody that I know? It's just like, mm-hmm. it's gone. Like somebody asked you like what your favorite song is even. Oh my gosh. It's just like, I... I've never heard music. Yeah. I yes. don't know. Yes. yes. <laughs> I cannot think of a song that yeah. exists. Yeah. What's your favorite movie? Uh, <laughs> it's like, it's like the last movie I can remember seeing. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like, I feel like Saul definitely did an ADHD right here. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's hyper fixated on finding an answer. So he just uh-huh. like, you know, tries everything. <laughs> yes. I'm not trying to diagnose him from. 4,000 years distant, but buddy, just we're, we're, we're commiserating. We're sympathizing. Yeah. I, with can, Saul. I, I can see this as, yeah, you know, a possibility. It's not anything. Uh, but then like the woman comes up to Saul and sees how, how sad he is and terrified he is. She's like, you know, Hey, I, I've done what you asked. You know, I, I took a lot of risks here, you know, like, and now you need to listen to me. And then you think like, Oh, she's going to demand something of him. She's like, mm-hmm. no, you need to eat. <laughs> wow see this is this is this is like this is like straight adhd like you fast forward this to 2022 yeah all of it she's like you need to eat like you look like you've seen a ghost it's like no you literally haven't eaten food yeah and he refuses and she's like no like you need to eat like like i just the like it's just funny that this you know i'm i'm I don't want to use the term indigenous flippantly, but right. like this person that pra- practices folk religion of some kind that was outlawed in a land that Saul was not from, <laughs> you know, it is very concerned with his very material needs in this moment. Mm. You know, he's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like seek, you know, divine guidance uh, so much so that I'm completely neglecting sleep, food, everything. And she's like, you need to eat. I'm going to go kill my well-fed calf, is how it's described. And I'm going to make you dinner. And so, and they ate. And then they, but then they still ended up leaving that night. So he still doesn't get sleep, but at mm, least he, mm-hmm. he gets some food. Maybe he got to sleep on the donkey on the ride yeah, back. Maybe. And then like he disappears for two chapters and then it comes back to him, which I guess is the next day. And because yeah, we always got to figure out what David's doing. And then, yeah, and then he dies. Sadly. Sucks. Kind of a bummer. That's the day Jonathan dies, too, yeah? Yeah, Jonathan dies as well. Yeah. And that's that's... That, to me, that's the sad part. Yeah, the sad part, because the love story of him and David just reaches a tragic end. Oh, uh, man. I'm going to stake I, my claim. I know. Man, I, like, I, I honestly, like, I fucking love what you said about, like, and again, like, exact exactly what you point out like not to use the term indigenous flippantly right but it's like people don't become indigenous until a colonizer shows up oh yeah for sure right yeah and so i'm really i'm just yeah i'm very fascinated by these parallels of like colonizers showing up here and like what do the people who are already here do like they feed them they're like you're gonna fucking starve Mm because you're all idiots (laughs) 
Like, yeah. let us help you. Yeah, your God, your God sent you here, uh, apparently without knowledge of how to eat. Like, and and you, man, I'm sorry, but you dig into those accounts, those like poor Maryflower folks, like they were rock bottom, <laughs> digging in graves and nonsense for dried berries. Like, that's no, that's not good. Do they not know how winter works? Like, do they not have seasons there? Yeah, like I mean, it is. I mean, Europe is somewhat warmer but mm-hmm. it's still winter right see i don't know see i'm like the kind of person where i, I want to be i want to be prepared for like all contingencies so like hey we're gonna show up in in the middle of autumn and just like make it work i don't remember where the when the mayflower flower landed or like what they were fucking around doing before they found not, out really not early hard. enough <laughs> um but yeah, I, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm very, very entertained by this. It was like, y'all still had seasons. Y'all still had to plant shit. Like, it's not the Southern Hemisphere. This is not complicated. Yeah, I, yeah. Nobody knows, but you used to sleep with your cattle. So nobody can get you. So that's the Witch of Endor. I, I, I don't have much else to say other than this is just a weird story. But it it was weird again. Yeah, like what you said, it was weird even when I was a kid. Yeah, like, trying to figure out like what what is this? What is even happening here? So yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm I think I'm saying she's a real witch and she she talked to the the other side in some way. It's like and, hey, hey Sam, you have, can we get coffee? Yeah, <laughs> got some shit I need to talk to you about. I feel I mean, I feel like I'm very I think I was always sympathetic to the witch in the story just because of how she was so clear. Like the story makes it very clear that she was coerced into this. Yeah. By like omission of information, essentially. So I think I've always been like rather sympathetic towards her as a person. But I'm very I'm very much I'm very much like team witch now. And also I think Samuel is like not particularly interesting when he's alive but when he's dead he's really fucking funny like he's got some attitude yeah <laughs> and i'm fine with that yeah he got some sass in the grave yeah and from what i understand it doesn't i well there may have been mm, i didn't look this part up i don't i don't think there was any consequence to her you know how could there have been he got killed the next day you know can you imagine like Oh my god! Like just the ovaries you have to have to tell the fucking king. Like, oh by the way, Samuel says you're dying tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yes, but I would have toned that down personally. Yeah. I would not have fucked with Saul. That's a woman that's just realized like we just gotta if we go hard enough, maybe he'll go away. Like we can't <laughs> we can't like can't soft pedal this shit. Can't soft pedal it now. Nope, we're in it. So let's just let's go. Yeah, you can. I can. I can. I'll I'll respect the ovaries. Yeah. So why why were we taught this story? This is what I want to know. Mm, mm, I I mean I think it was like a consequence for disobeying the Lord, uh, mm. like you know the like spiral of sin, you know. But it's like he oh, didn't God. he didn't like it wasn't like a sin downward spiral until he went to the witch. Like mm. like he was the divinations through dreams and Urim and Thummim, which were given to them by the Lord. Like it wasn't, you know, like he was, everything was above board hmm. as far as his okay. like trying to divine. It just, it wasn't working. So he mm-hmm. then went to this, you know, medium sorceress, whatever you want to call her. So yeah. like, 
that that doesn't track either. He's, I mean, he's he's a he's a scared dude, desperate for an answer. Like I I get it. Like and in that way, he's very human. Yeah, like relatable. You know, and and again, like you're you're made king, and you're not a good king. You know. What are your and qualifications? I'm tall. I'm really tall. And I think on some <laughs> levels he knew that. Oh, and, probably. And then yeah. your buddy Samuel, who's supposed to be your religious, you know stamp of approval goes and anoints somebody else behind your back behind your back so yeah dude's dealing with and his son is is gay in a culture that doesn't accept that (laughs) like you know like um he is Saul is an asshole to Jonathan I will say and that's not cool yes yeah we talked about that in our in our Saul and Jonathan or Saul and David or Jonathan David can't talk Mm -hmm. episode so yeah under a lot of pressure and stress and yeah, then just makes, you know, a critical error. I mean, not sleeping the night before a battle. That to me feels mm-hmm. like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I don't know why it was taught to me, though, or why it was, you know, just kind of a cool witchy story, I guess, about disobeying the Lord. Oh, <laughs> maybe that's why we were taught it. That was right. Because it's like Saul goes to see this witch and then the next day he dies. Yeah, but like... <laughs> When the bad things happen, those are like the cool times in the Bible. Like what? There's not there's there's not like a witch of Endor if like Saul does all the right stuff, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's not the I mean that's that's just a whole like mythological motif of like the transgression is the cool part or the like yeah the the crossing the boundary is you know that's that's where the that's where the lesson is. Okay. There are no okay, Bible yeah. stories about people that kept the law faithfully, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, hey, huh? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Just take that energy into your Halloween. So do you want to cast this cast of characters? Saul um, and yeah. The witch? I mean, I definitely like, honestly, I really, I really want to, I really want to cast, I really want to cast the witch's Penelope Cruz for some reason. Like she just has like the coolest little witchy vibes. I feel like I could see that. Yeah. Right. Saul, who's tall? <laughs> I don't know. Some, some, some dude who's really tall. Hmm. But yeah, no, I was, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking about that. Like I almost, I'm not sure. Hmm. Do you have thoughts? You know, I'm going to say for Saul, He's a little young, actually, to be Saul, maybe. But Alan Richson, he plays in that show Reacher. Oh, dude, okay. dude is tall and stacked. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I would anoint yeah. him king. I actually love this. So, so him and you know the witch. I feel like you could go two ways. You could make her a little kooky, uh, and then you could have like Helena Bonham Carter, like could be mm-hmm. the witch if you wanted to be a little like kooky whimsical. I think if you wanted her to be like mysterious and like maybe even a little sexy, like go with Monica Bellucci. Oh, yeah, for sure. She's got those like, vibes. She's got. Absolutely. Yeah, she has those witchy vibes. She's like, you know, dangerous, sexy, but could kill you. So that's, I guess that's maybe those are my thoughts on casting. I'm into it. I, I might I might legitimately watch that movie. <laughs> yeah. So funny thing about Alan Richson, though, I think uh, one of our mutual friends was sent a picture of him that was like, this is what a real man looks like or something. And I just thought it was really funny because I was like, I feel like this person's just low key saying they want to have sex with Alan Richardson. <laughs> like it's very, it was a very, it was a very closeted, like this is the perfect, this is the 
perfect man or something like, it is really interesting how much how much time these uh self-proclaimed alpha males spend looking at photos of men yes yes like i mean he's a good looking man don't get me it's wrong fine. i but have I, no problem with it uh, but i i haven't i haven't like fully taken in his physique if you know what i mean like oh you mean you're not you're not going through scrolling through google image looking at pictures of him and then like texting them to your friends yeah and and gushing about what a man he is there's nothing wrong with this no there's not but it's just really funny because they would absolutely unequivocally say like i'm not gay yeah i'm just i'm just admiring his hard work this is this is like the this is like the the dude who does the like dudes need to have naked time together like yes that guy <laughs> that guy that's 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 what this is to me of like you can't be manly unless you're spending time naked with other dudes dudes need naked non-sexual cuddling time together I don't even disagree with that yeah, I, I just I'm think like, it's really funny yeah not gay though <laughs> like right. that's because like... of because of their morality yeah they're, they're like, I'm not gay just being extra manly yeah i just cuddle with dudes naked which is fine it's totally fine lord i'm just pointing this out as a point of reference so so that's the casting yeah i think we're done here i appreciate you everybody for listening if you want to follow us individually we're on twitter uh justin d gentry and at tory glass also on the instagrams and stuff uh the podcast can be found at go home bible on the things and if you would like to support us go to pay not yeah, patreon.com. Patreon, slash, yes. Yeah, I was going to say Discord and then it just the brain didn't work. So mm. uh, patreon.com slash go home Bible. Uh, that'll get you access to our Discord and other fun things. So thank you for listening very much. I hope you have a wonderful witchy Halloween and maybe get in a little trouble because that's where the story is. Yep, into it. Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change, it's a podcast about seeking moral high ground, and it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.